0: Thanks for listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast brought to you by DraftKings, America's number one sportsbook app. All right. Now joined, I'm a broken record when I say this, but again, the best defensive player in school history. Nobody else even comes to my mind when we think about this. Mr. Reggie Geary. Hello, Reg.
1: Hey, Mike. How you doing, man?
0: I love to hear it. Thanks for the intro. Oh, you always do. Well, I mean it. That's the thing that's really cool about it. And um, it's funny. I was going back and I was watching... Uh, where was it? You were going against, it was Cal. I can't remember. Uh, it was a Pac-12 network game, like a classic or something. When you were playing the Cal team, and you had they had Lamont Murray, Jason Kidd, um, and it just brought back so many mid-90s memories, my guy. Um, my thing that I wanted to ask you first is, did you know at the time that you were really kind of at the center of Arizona's basketball apex? Because from 94 to 01, three Final Fours, a runner-up, you obviously played in the final four national title game and one guard after the other from Khalid to Damon to you to Mike Bibby to Jason Terry all went on to the NBA. Did you know at the time what a unique time period you were in?
1: Uh, I, I want to I say we did. You know, I think that's why a lot of us chose Arizona because. Um, obviously Hall of Fame coach Louis Olsen, uh, but that, that the program was rolling. You know, when, when I was in high school, you know, we were kind of, the, the, everybody was really thinking UNLV going back to those Stacey Augman and, and Armand Gilliam type teams, Greg um,
0: Anthony, Larry
1: Johnson, Greg Anthony. I mean, they, they were rolling modern day high school where I went to high school. We went to UNLV camp. So we had thought, you know, maybe UNLV was, was an option. Um. Then they went on probation, but right there along Along UNLV and UCLA was Arizona. Coach Olson's teams were rolling, and so um, my senior year to see Matt Muehlbach and, and Matt Othick and Chris Mills and in those teams, Brian Williams, Sean Rooks. Um, I knew Arizona was an elite, premier program. And then when I got there, and kind of it was kind of business as usual. We just kept winning games. You were surrounded by all this talent. Maybe you weren't as aware of it because they were your friends, but right. you knew it was part of something special.
0: Right. All right, let's talk about this year's team. And I think the one thing in college basketball that everybody starts panicking a little bit when you drop a couple games. That obviously happened with Arizona a couple weeks ago. And, you know, you lose 2 well, You lose to Washington State. You lose to Oregon in the fashion. But, Reg, you look around college basketball right now, everybody is dropping games right now. And Arizona, again... It feels like there's almost like kind of this uh, you know, this this sad song at some point. Arizona's ranked sixth in the country and they're probably gonna be jumping up even higher than that.
1: Yeah, you know, I think people definitely hit the panda button a little quick there. Um, and, and as you mentioned, it, there's great parity all around the nation. There, there really isn't, um, some of the traditional elites. When you look at Duke in North Carolina, Louisville, Kentucky, all these schools are down, UConn down. Um, everyone is, is having, you know, t- time during the season where they're losing two, three games in a row. Um, so there's a lot of parity, And when it, when it's a lot of parody, you're going to see, you know, five beat ones and tens beat two in conference play. And so, um, when Arizona had their little bump in the road, you know, um, they, you know, the Washington State game um, was one of them, obviously, Oregon. I mean, there was definitely some some red flags there. Were we overhyped a little too early? Did we pl- play too well, too fast early in the season? Um, but if anything, the last couple of weeks have, have settled people's nerves. Uh, Arizona's playing a little bit of a different game. Defensively, we've stiffened up. Right you know, two weeks. That's something that, that wasn't there um offensively. It hasn't been as great, but last night was just an absolutely fantastic performance in Seattle. So, you know, if, if we could put both things together, we're gonna be pretty good.
0: All right, let's talk about that because you uh you know, you're a you're a natural right there because you lead me into my next point right there. I like that, Reg. Um Arizona goes into games, and I've never seen anything quite like this at the U of A. I'm not saying it's the best big man combination. I don't know. I'll let others uh, figure that out. But every single game, it feels like, you know what, you're probably going to get between 35 to 40 points and about – 18 to 20 rebounds from your two big men right there and that's just I mean you know there's been some great combinations around here but when you've got two guys that are able to do that especially with Umar Ballo getting back on track and as Tabellis, that really gives you a little bit margin for error going into a game that you know a lot of teams just don't have
1: no they really don't they are a difficult tandem to match up to um they I, I believe they're the best front court in the nation right uh, Zulus Tabellus is having just a phenomenal year this year. Probably a Pac-12, um, probably the leader in terms of being the player of the year in the conference. Um, he's just been dominant. Ball the same. And as you mentioned, you can pretty much put, you know, 40 points and 20 rebounds every single night um, on on the scoreboard from those two. And and honestly, uh, Zulus Tabellus should be kissing Omar. He really should give right. a bit every time he sees him because he takes the biggest guy off the floor away from him and Azulis really has taken advantage of the matchups to, you know, to go along with just being an excellent talent. So to have that combo, it, it's been huge.
0: Are we taking, and I, I use the term we relative, but are we taking Azulis a Tabellis maybe for granted a little bit? Because again, every single game, Reg, 20 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, you generally don't see that in college basketball. I mean, heck, even, you know, even in the school as prestigious as Arizona, you generally don't see something like that.
1: Yeah, no, he's having a, a, a really historic year um, for an Arizona player and for a Pac-12 player. He just, he goes about it in a kind of a, a very quiet, kind of a low-key manner. Um, but yeah, I mean, he he runs the floor. Um, he, he's tough kind of on those free throw line where he's able to just kind of catch and rip offensive rebounding. He just does a lot of things well and, he, and he's getting better. And so I think he is taking it for granted a little bit, but I think he, he's really making sure the nation
0: serves notice. Now, watching that game last night, it looked like Arizona, I don't want to say had a different kind of energy, but it just felt like they really put it together there, especially in that second half. You obviously had the two big men dominating, Kirk Crease shooting the lights out. You got contributions from pretty much everybody. You know, being there, was it evident that, man, Washington's Washington's going to be in for a tough half right here?
1: Yeah, you know, it well when, when the game first started off, obviously the, the two Keons for Washington, Keon Brooks and Keon Minifield, they really got off to a hard, a hot start, um, kind of put Arizona its back heels. And I had mentioned it at, at the halftime how I was I was really impressed by Arizona. They didn't panic when kind of you know, UW came out with that confidence. They showed a little bit of maturity, they kind of grinded their way back into the game and actually went into half the halftime with the lead, which I thought was a good thing, but we were still thinking, you know, yeah. You know, Likes to ugly it up a little bit. They're feeling pretty good about this, but I think they came. Out, I think the first ball was a three ball by by Kerr. I want to say, and then that momentum got going, and then it was just a huge run. And and then once everyone started feeling good, you know, I, I think Kerr had six threes. Ramey had another four threes. Um, Kyle Boswell, not big numbers night, but just solid. Like that seven man rotation that Tommy Lloyd's playing with. When they're you know, the the, the confidence is growing.
0: Right. Now you mentioned Kylan Boswell. That's going to be my next point. So you got Boswell right now at 17 years old, and you just look at him right now to where he was you know, just a couple months ago and where it looked like, all right, it's going to probably take him some time right here. Reg, he's become a real difference maker very, very quickly. And he's kind of that spark plug that when you put into a game, again, I don't want to compare him to a Jason Terry or something, but a guy that can When he comes into the game, he's changing just kind of the overall dynamic, and he's doing that, as everybody knows, at the age of 17.
1: Yeah, no, Colin is is a special young man. Um, Just the way he came into this year, as you mentioned, should be a high school, probably should be a high school. McDonald's All-American. Yeah. Had the foot injury, came in early, and it, it took him a little while to kind of get adjusted, especially with the foot. I think he was still working on getting confidence in that, uh, both physically and mentally. And then I think once he got over that hurdle, man, we started to see some things in terms of a guy who had great vision. I mean, he's a beautiful kick-ahead passer, which is perfect for this team, because Kirk Christie does the same deal, you know, with Ballo and Tadella right. on the floor. Now we have another young point guard who looks up. He's a pass-first guy. Uh, defensively, is really where he's raised some eyebrows able to get his hands on a lot of balls. No back down from this kid. He doesn't give up an inch, which I, which I love to see. And he's been uh, someone that Coach Lloyd can look down the bench and have a lot of confidence in, as a 17-year-old
0: to give this team some toughness. All right. Now, I told you that I was. I want to get – I've got a couple reads right here, but got a bunch of them. All right. MORfurniture.com. Now, you might look at Reggie Geary. You might see a man that jumped out of a building – Six foot three, you might look at me and say somebody that did jump out of the building, not six foot three, but more furniture has the type of furniture for Reggie Geary or for Mike Luke, whichever you uh, whichever size you prefer. And on top of that, it's uh, it's great deals. Check it out, MORfurniture.com and Mountain Mike's Pizza. Are you a fan of Reggie? Are you a fan of Pizza Reg? Oh, I'm a big pizza fan. All right, everybody is. Check out Mountain Mike's Pizza on Oracle and Wetmore. Great show, great setup, great food, great environment. They'd love to see you down there again, Oracle and Wetmore. Okay, now let's look at this conference race right here, and it just goes to show you too just how long of a season it is. Not everybody um, can go 17 and one. I believe uh, your team uh, with Chris Mills and uh, Chris Mills, Damon Khalid, you, you guys went 17 and one. Uh, you know, it's it's still fun to think about that. Lute had five teams that went 17 and one in conference, which is just and keep in mind in the 90s. I mean, as you know. Arizona, UCLA was one of the best programs in the nation, Arizona, Cal had things rolling for a while as well. I mean, you go on, I mean, heck, even ASU in the mid nineties was pretty good. So 17, it's a long conference season. So I think a lot of people looked at it and they're like, well, Arizona can't get back into the conference race. UCLA is too far ahead. Well, lo and behold, Arizona's a game out of first place right now, Reg, with quite a few games left to go.
1: Yeah, and trending in the right direction. You know, um, uh, they're right there in terms of striking distance for a regular C championship. UCLA, you know, they're going through a little bit of a hiccup themselves. Well, they've lost the last two games. Um, You know, Utah has kind of settled back down after a quick start. USC is kind of hanging around. Oregon's hanging around. But Arizona's the team with momentum swept the last week swept the Utah schools we have Oregon coming in here uh two winnable games and so when you look at this the season and how long it is you're kind of seeing how, how are people building momentum how are they trending and Arizona seems to be sitting right right in the pocket right where they want to be this time of the year
0: this Oregon game coming up to me is also going to be a real game where you can maybe heal some wounds right there because Oregon to me is kind of the it's easily the oddest team in the conference that you can beat a team like Arizona in the manner in which they did and then come back and get destroyed by Stanford. But when you watch them, the one thing that they do is they can match up fairly well with Arizona because you got on Folly Dante who's long. You've obviously you got Biddle you got a few other players in there. Will Richardson's a solid guard. That to me is going to be a real—I don't want to say a proving point game for Arizona because when you're in the top five in the nation, you're not—it's not a proving point. But that to me is really going to be interesting to see where Arizona is vis-a-vis where they were just two to three weeks ago.
1: Yeah, one hundred percent, Mike. Um, anytime Oregon plays Arizona, it's a heavyweight battle, regardless of records. Um, you know, Dana Allman, I i', I, I, I I'm a fan of his in terms of I think he's a very, very good coach. Obviously, we have a good one in Tommy Lloyd. And so when both teams play each other, it's it's a heavyweight matchup in terms of size, uh the talent. Will Richardson you mentioned is very good. Uh Kuznard was the difference maker. Uh, yeah. the coming in, he had a big game. He seems to be rounding in the form for them. And then and, and, and Dante is a problem. I mean, he he got the big dunk on Kurt Krisa early up in UG really got that place um kind of going and and they fed off that energy and they were tough and so uh, i know there's some get back we need mikhail center rocking and turning a favor but um yeah i i envision it's going to be a very good game
0: creesa to me is an interesting guy because when you watch him his shooting form is fantastic he's obviously shooting it with confidence the percentages aren't always quite you know where you would want him to be but sometimes i think just the uh Maybe the light just goes on at some point uh, for, you know, for some guys like I think to your team again, like, you know, Joe McClain didn't have great shooting numbers his first three years. His last year, though, he shot 37, 38 percent from three point range. Sometimes maybe guys just get it at a little bit of a different stage. But I'll tell you what, if he can start hitting around 40 percent from three consistently, that just adds a totally new dimension to this team.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think Kerr, I think Kerr, I think you make a good point. If you put him in a gym by himself and told him to shoot 53s, he'd probably make he probably make 48. Right. Um, good looking for him. He's a good looking shooter. Percentage-wise, it's tough for him in my mind. And the fact that he takes tough threes, he takes long threes, sometimes even a levis threes. So percentage-wise, it might not reflect how good of a shooter he is, but he was fantastic up in Washington. I believe he had 11 threes over the two games. Um and, and you know he's a he's a guy also likes the bright lights. He likes the yeah. good. Big- big games. And I think when he sees the teams rolling and and, and the guys are having fun, he wants to get on in the party too.
0: And that's always something too, that I tell people that everybody says that they're Michael Jordan and or Kobe Bryant and I want the last shot, but I mean, you know, this, you played at the highest level of basketball. You can tell some people want it. Some people don't. It's not what you say. It's not what you do. It's, I mean, it's what you do. And Chris has had a lot of moments throughout his career where he'll be two of nine from the field, but he'll make a dagger three, where in and that's something that i think is unique that i think a lot of times players just kind of have or they don't have and i think and he certainly has it in my opinion
1: yeah no kerr has it and he came in with it he's just a supremely confident individual um he likes the attention he likes all eyes on him and sometimes that rub people the wrong way can make him a polarizing figure um but i think tommy's done a good job of 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 Ah, uh, cradling that a little bit, maybe calming it down a little bit, but still allowing her to be himself. Um, but when it comes down to, to to the last you know minutes of the game or those winning moments, he feels he's a difference maker, and he and he wants the ball in his hands, and that that's huge, especially when that's your point guard who has that feeling.
0: I had a couple people ask me this on Twitter last night, and I figured that I would wait until you were on because you actually played for him. Um, Lute Olson obviously was known for you guys getting up and down again, especially after the Tucson Skyline era. It becomes you know, point guard, you assembly, you've got Tommy Lloyd right now doing it. But to me, and again, this is just from an outsider perspective. What's a little bit different is that Lute basically gave the point guard the ball and said, get that ball up the court. Whereas Lloyd's almost just kind of a pass it ahead type outlet type. To me, that's maybe a little bit different, but I wanted to ask you, what are the, some of the differences, some of the similarities you see? Um, between Current or the previous point guards? Or no, just just what kind of loot style along with Tommy Lloyd's just up and down style.
1: Here. Yeah, no, no. I mean, I think they're very, very similar. Um, uh, when I was a player, especially starting kind of with my my sophomore years, when we got kind of that three guard offense, yeah. now all of us end up being NBA point guards. Where if any if one, any three of us got the rebound, we were able to push it. I I always was looking ahead. Obviously, if I've Clinton Damon or even Miles Simon and Michael Dickerson, I'm trying right. to get them and give them one-on-one opportunities so i think just making uh good basketball plays um especially playing in an up tempo style making good decisions you know ad- advancing it up the sideline looking for your post the first first down you know on the rim runs um very 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 similar if not the same in terms of mentality um and and, and i think we could have played we uh, we coach olsen's players in the 90s could have comfortably played for for tommy lloyd and vice versa you know kirk creason and zules they would have love playing for coach olsen because uh he identified guys strengths he right play with an assistant and if you could do it, he lets you go do it.
0: Now I want to talk a little bit about the freedom coaches give you. And again, you got to uh, I always love talking about your career because again, you know, got to I got to watch it up watch it pretty closely. Um you're a you're a defensive stalwart. That's what you do. Again, you've got Khalid Reeves who's averaging 24 a game. Then you got Damon the following year doing the same thing. You're then handed the keys for your senior year. And again, we've talked about it before Arizona's not ranked going in. You finish the year averaging seven assists a game and which is a number that still i don't think people quite understand how impressive that is but you know was that something that just you know coaches know it when they say all right reggie's ready to take this role on what was that conversation like for you going into that season
1: yeah i mean i think everyone knew it was kind of it was going to be my turn to kind of be the the head you know the leading point guard on the team keep in mind i i had led even in my my sophomore and junior year, i led the team in assists mm-hmm. I was always kind of a a pass-first guy. I was a defender, but I was also a very good passer and a guy who didn't make a lot of mistakes, and that's why I garnered a lot of minutes, and I started for three years. Now, going into my senior year, there wasn't much conversation. I did find out years later that Phil Johnson, the assistant coach, was Mm -hmm. kind of doubting me, I guess, behind closed doors, which he apologized for, Um, but going into pickup, Going into the season, I already started kind of taking that role as, "Hey, I'm the lead point guard," and uh, and guys liked playing with me because I I probably should have shot more, uh, but for the fact that I didn't shoot a, as much as I right. did, guys enjoyed playing with point guards who pass. And right. so we had beautiful weapons: Ben Davis, we had Pick and Pop Four, and I had Miles Simon, Myle, Michael Dickerson, Jason Terry, uh, Joseph Blair. I mean, so I had weapons to use, and I utilized them. And so I think guys like playing for that, and you know, it was a, it was a smooth transition.
0: I've always felt, too, that Ben Davis, one of the more underrated players in all of U of A A history. that His senior year, I believe, if my memory serves, I think Sharif won the uh, uh, conference player of the year. But Ben was right there, right there. That was, again, man, we always talk about it. That 95-96 team was just a special group of guys right there because you dealt with some adversity. You lost a lot of players, but you lost some players, but at the same time, you know, at the end, You were you were a basket or two away from advancing to the elite eight, possibly going beyond that. I mean, it was just a really that to me really showed, especially at a young age, what a program Arizona basketball was that you could lose somebody like Ray or that you could lose somebody like Damon. And you know what? It literally is next man up. And I kind of feel that we're kind of at that stage right now with uh, Arizona and Tommy Lloyd. You lose Ben Matherin. You lose Christian Coloco. You lose Dale and Terry. Again, you might not have some of the sizzle that you have. But again, lo and behold, you're right back in contention for number one seed.
1: Yeah. I mean, Arizona is in, is in its natural or its rightful position, in, in my mind, that we're right there at the top year in, year out, regardless of of kind of who's coming in and going. Uh, this year, having said that, though, I think it's going to be an important. And I'm not going to get too far into it, but I think it's a big recruiting year. Yeah. I think you know um, some of the young players they have now um, are going to be – it's been, it's been shown they need more time. You know, Henry Besar, yeah.
0: uh, LeBronovich. Dylan yeah. Anderson, Adama Ball. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you know, they've had a hard time breaking um, into the rotation this year. It doesn't mean they're not U of A players. It just means they're going to need a little more seasoning. Um, but, you know, Arizona's going to really have to do a good job of recruiting this, an, another classic on top of this one for next year. Not to get right. too of ourselves. But to your point, um, yeah, you know, Tommy Lloyd's really got, you know, he's done a great job of stewarding the program where he's got this thing continuing moving in the
0: right direction. All right. I want to talk to you a little bit about big man development right there because you saw some of this up close. But first, the DraftKings Sportsbook app, code word PHNX. You can put down $5 on a game and get $150 in free plays off, or uh, excuse me, $200. Let's just say that you're a Spurs fan. Reg played for the Spurs. And you're like, you know what? Right now they're tanking because they want to get Victor Wembanyama. Bet against the Spurs. All the only thing that matters is that you win. And again, check it out. Again, show, show notes and link in the description, 21 and up, Arizona only. Got a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. Um, but, you know, Reg, with, uh, with with these big men, and I just think about it, uh, Tommy Lloyd was talking to us a little bit off record, I don't think he would mind me saying this. He said, the thing with big men, he said, especially young guys, is that sometimes it takes a while, but when they hit, it becomes fairly instantaneous. And I think just to a guy who you played with for uh, who you played with for a year, and then the following year, AJ Bramlett, look at it. I mean, he struck, you know, that entire 96, 97 year, a lot of people were saying, man, if Arizona just had a big, if Arizona was just, and then it hits at some point for AJ and he becomes an absolute monster. And I think at some point with you guys like Vesar, with Dylan Anderson, not everybody's going to hit like that, but it, it's a little bit different than a guard, I think, with a big man. That When the light comes on, the light really does come on.
1: No, I think you're right there. And especially with bigs, um, it starts in elementary school. They're just yeah. really trying to catch up to their bodies and kind of figure out things as they go along. And then when they get to college, it really becomes more so strength you know, do they have necessary strength to battle now against guys who are now 21, 22 years old, uh, getting acclimated to the speed of the game? Because it, it's a big jump from, from high school to college, especially for a big now, you know, um, where, you know, there might, might only be you know, at the high school level two or three guys that are extremely pick. Well, now everyone's an exceptional athlete. So they're just getting used to the speed. And so, um, yeah, you know, it, it takes a little more time. Henry, you know, Henry Vassar just to speak on him, he's going to be a talent. Mm-hmm. He, he's seven foot one kid, long arms, very skilled. Shoots threes, puts it on the floor. He just needs more seasoning in terms of um, more time to figure it out, more time maybe just to sit and watch right now is what Tommy's telling him. Hey, you need to just sit, watch, see how this game's played at a high level. We feel you're going to get there. And then once he gets there, do hard work and study, being a student of the game, it's really going to pop. And when it pops, we're all going to be rewarded for
0: it. What are you looking for before we sign off right here? What are you looking for to, to close out this season? Obviously, you got a lot of basketball to play, but what are you looking for Arizona to build on? You know, uh, with the Oregon schools, obviously, you still got a return trip to LA. What's Reggie Geary looking for?
1: Well, I'm, I'm definitely continuing to look at those defensive numbers. You know, I think that's an area when Arizona, in my mind, is engaged defensively. Um, Courtney Ramey's down the stands. Apollo Larson's taking charges. And Kirk Creesa and those guys are defending, uh, defending against the three ball, which is, was an early concern uh, to go along with uh, the offensive potency they have. Um, you know, that's something I'm keeping an eye on. If Eric Dahl can get back on track, I think at one point they're averaging like 95, 92 points a game, number right. one. That number is somewhere in the 80s. If they can continue to play in the 80s, keep that defense, man, they're going to be dangerous. And so I'm looking at that. I would love to see maybe another uh, contributor come off the bench, maybe make it an eight-man rotation so it's not so thin. Um, But
0: right now we have a, a solid seven, and I know those other guys are working hard to get into it. All right, let's just say that you want a place to watch the game and you don't know where to actually go on an away game. You can come join us at Tap and Bottle Watch Parties downtown. Great stuff. You got Four Peaks Brewery is there as well. Four Peaks Brew as well. The official brew of PHNX Sports. We'd love to see you down there at the Tap and Bottle Watch Parties. And again, Four Peaks. Check out the show notes and the link in the description. Great beer. But as always... It's a privilege to talk with the best defender in school history, a guy you can check check him next to the GOAT, Brian Jeffries, on a regular basis. Reggie, really appreciate your time, my guy.
1: As always, Mike, thanks for having me on, man. Everybody out there, bear down and go Cats.
0: He's Reggie Geary. I'm Mike Luke. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats po- uh, podcast.